If you were a dragon, what material would you like your scales to be made of? Ooh, Ooh okay. Do you want to roll for it? Or you just have, do you yeah. guys have, do you have? Are you scared? Are you scared of the answer? <laughs> All right, let's let's roll real quick. Okay. All right, I got a fifteen. Twelve. Thirteen. Peps. What if I am a dragon? So. So what? What is your scales that. made of? <laughs> what color are your scales then, my guy? My my scales are probably made of sugar because like I'm constantly baking and. <laughs> that checks out. <laughs> um, I did for a game. I created a pink dragon wormling that had a cotton candy breath weapon. So I think that's what mine would be. I would just be like shooting out hot sugar, and I'd be like a candy dragon. A candy dragon. Uh-huh. <laughs> This is how you lure the children in. Yes. <laughs> I'm that witch from Hansel and Gretel. I'm just 100%. In. That is so clever. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, mine would just be an entirely made of metal dragon. And, like, I feel like this, like, is a call to Acker whose bones were, like, well, Casey's old character's bones were metal. But I was like, no, no. I remember when I was in my old raving days. And you, know, you have to have those like hoods that you would wear, like with like the long ears, like that you're usually made of fluffy material for like when you're at EDM shows and things like that. Yeah. I bought one that was metal and made of like scale mail metal and it weighed like 20 pounds. And it was my yeah. favorite article of clothing I owned. So if I just had <laughs> entire body covered in metal scales, I think that would be pretty dope. It sounds nice. really cool when you're walking too. Yeah. yeah man. <laughs> I'm still hanging on to, um, the Pedro Pascal piece, so I would say Beskar armor. Ooh, very fancy. And then it's like, yeah. don't even bother trying to penetrate this. <laughs> <laughs> There's a clip. Unless you are Pedro Pascal. Unless you're Pedro Pascal. Re-entrance. <laughs> Welcome to the It's a Mimic podcast, where you never know what you're going to get. Welcome to another It's a Mimic episode, where we continue our conversation on dragons in Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. I'm Paparina, and with me are Casey and Megan, and this episode is called Amethyst Dragons, a Singular Force of Nature. In this episode of the It's a Mimic podcast, this panel of dungeon masters is going to share as much knowledge as an amethyst dragon hordes and explore the lore and mechanics of the most powerful gem dragon in fifth edition. But before we get started, I want to ask the art of these guys in fizz bands has thick blunt tails, wide hips and thick thighs. And yet fairly like fairly like dainty, tiny wings. Is there a dragon design in fifth edition that annoys you? This one. <laughs> Just this one. <laughs> now that you mention it. <laughs> I like I mean, this one. I like me- that these are thick. I was going to say, thick size <laughs> save lives. We love a good thick bitch. Mm-hmm. But like, it's the tiny wings. It's the tiny wings tiny. for me. I'm like, if I just, I would just need, I just want wings to be able to carry, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, they can be dainty, but don't look like they're struggling. <laughs> you know? Like when I'm taking off. Don't just don't struggle. I feel like it's a dragon that just has never missed leg day, but it's missed every other day on the planet. Every other day. Yeah. Yeah. But is there working out the bottom half? Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, I mean, to be fair, though, if you don't have to fly around often and all you're doing is collecting stuff in your horn and people are doing it for you, I feel like that's you would end up being the fat dragon. You know what yeah, I mean? With, with dainty wings. <laughs> with dainty wings. <laughs> Just a sprinkle of femininity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In general, I don't think there's any that super annoy me where I look at it and it's like, really? Oh, like there's so much variety. I like it. Yeah. I I enjoy the differences in all of them. So like that's I enjoy that they're all different and they all have unique traits and stuff so I don't know there's one that particularly annoys me I do wish the dragon turtle was a little more dragony and not so turtly it's the feet that really draw me to the fact that this is a turtle and not a dragon you know what I mean yeah yeah like that one that one could use a little more dragony to it but they're still very cool all I can hear, like in my head, is like the that audio. that's like I tell you, I like tall girls. I like skinny girls. I like bitty bitty girls. I like. I'm like, I feel like someone needs to remake that song, but for dragons. For dragons. <laughs> you know what? I'm not gonna lie. I'm pretty sure the internet has done that, and I'm gonna try and find Probably. it. Probably <laughs> send it our way. Yeah. <laughs> or we can just ask Reddit to do it because they come through for us. Actually, yeah. If yeah. if it's not made. Internet of the world. Today, I'm not pissing you off. Today, I'm coming at you with a request. <laughs> Please give me that sound bite, but turn it into dragons. Thank yes. you. <laughs> Season, thank you. All right. Before we get any deeper into this, let's cut to an ad break. We've previously covered quite a bit in our discussion on dragons in 5th edition. For all those episodes and more, you can follow or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and dozens of other podcast apps. If you'd like to support us, you can donate through the website, check out our store, or join our Patreon and get access to other episodes and series. If you'd like to pay for some ad space on It's a Mimic, or just send a shout out to a friend, please reach out to us through our email and website that are listed in the show notes below. Hello, Peps. Hi. We're going to get back to you probably talking about Amethyst Dragons. I just wanted to take a break to talk about an actual dragon-related product because I want to talk about minis, and you are the other mini person on the podcast. Yes. Though it's not to say that you're small, but like, well, I mean, I don't think you're large. But like, you and I are, I think, the biggest fans of playing with minis. Yes. And of course, you paint minis and whatnot. Uh, do you have a 3D printer? I have four 3D printers. Jesus. Okay. Maybe five? I can't this, remember. Four this, or five. This, this explains your <laughs> dragon collection. Um, we've got one of our patrons, Robert, mentioned a friend of his on the It's Mimic Discord a while back. Um, and this friend who goes by, this is going to piss me off the whole time. I'm going to say it for you Americans, but the rest of us know the proper way to say this. MZ4250. Um, that's on all of his social media and his online presence is MZ4250. Twitter tells me his name is Miguel, so Miguel, if you're listening to this, hello. But he creates uh, STL files for 3D printing for all kinds of models. So Robert mentioned it before, but now he actually bought some ad space because he wants to make sure that the word gets spread even further. And I don't blame him because the models I've seen are fucking incredible. And it seems like he's often handing out free STLs on Reddit and other platforms, and all of his shit is free. Um, And there are more than a few. Uh, Robert told me that there are over 5,000 different models, and I'm inclined to believe him because, like, even as I'm clicking around, I saw multiple poses for a couple of different dragons and stuff as well, Mm -hmm. which is really neat. So, like, he does the model once and gives you, like, six poses or whatever, and you choose one you like. If you like minis, for those of you listening, drop everything and check out MZ4250 and the massive quantity of high-quality free 
3D modeling of D&D characters, creatures, and more. And some are pretty funny, too. And I just wanted to share my screen here with you, perhaps, and show you some of these, because I have been, yeah. like, giggling. I flipped a around bit. a few of them, and, like, I loved everyone that I've seen so far. That is our fat, chunky Thumberchild. Yes. I actually think I, I have this mini. Do you? <laughs> yeah, I have the chunk. I painted it like an amethyst dragon, actually, um, because amethyst dragons are chunky. Uh, they are chunky. Yeah, so they're 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 big guys, which you you've heard about in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I have that one. <laughs> I've seen actually a couple of different poses for this mm-hmm. one as well. So like, he's got a couple of casual poses, and like, it's it's pretty funny. So, yeah, it was a fun one to paint for sure. I went over to uh, check out a uh, link that I got sent uh, for a bunch of different models as well. Here, oh, here's some of the other ones from Tome of Beasts, right? Void Dragon. You see, it's got that weird yeah. halo thing. I like that its tongue is sticking out to the side like a dog panting. (laughs) (laughs) We have the wind dragon wormling, Mm -hmm. adult cave dragon. It looks like it's blind and it's got like, like insect legs. A lot of legs. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I like that there's different ages for the dragons too. Yeah. Right. Like here's a mithril dragon as well. Um, And here we go. Here's all the different poses, right? The Mm -hmm. mithril dragon was, was like clearly taking off. And then one that's standing on the ground. And then we have the Void Dragon who's up on his high leg. Like, there's a lot of really cool shit here. Here's here's an older Wind Dragon, obviously. But but then, like, even the high quality, the dragons are great. Mm-hmm. And we get, like, a Bugbear Rogue. That is the most, that is probably my favorite Bugbear Mini that I've seen. Yeah, that's a really good one. But the last one that I wanted to touch on was the Amethyst Dragon one. Um, Let me see if I can zoom in. There we go. So this is great. There are six different poses for this one. And again, Chunky Boy, you're right. Look at mm-hmm. that tail. Yep, they are thick. Then you've got one where it's clearly flying and one, like another, the, almost an evil grin on his face as he's on the ground. Mm-hmm. The wings, though, are incredible. Yeah, I love the grins on their faces. Oh, yeah. It like, gives it a lot of personality. And then this one, like, he looks like a happy puppy in this one. This yeah. <laughs> Sitting down waiting, waiting for scraps. Like, there's a lot of really cool shit going on. A lot of personality in every one of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of great detail. So I like how they did the crystals around it, too. Like... Because it's hard to do floating crystals on a mini, you know? So I think I think the approach they did was pretty looks pretty nice. I absolutely love this. Like I'm I'm really a fan of these. And the moment that Robert sent me the email and like, hey, yeah, pick I, he's like, I don't care which other host, someone who just loves minis. And I'm like, I know exactly who <laughs> I got this. But uh anyway, all of these are free. Uh it's all good natured and the uh artist. Again, MZ4250, check the show notes below, operates entirely on donations. So, like, people should just go support him, whether it's through the Patreon or uh, other means. He's got a lot of social media accounts, so I'm going to compile a link, like, a bunch of links on all of them on a Reddit post so everybody can check out his work. I'm really entertained, so I'll probably be posting other bits and pieces on Instagram and shit over the next few days, too, because, you know, I'm stoked about this stuff. But he's Mm -hmm. been doing this for a long time. He's clearly got not just passion, but talent. And I know that he does, you know, clearly memes, right? Because of the Hydra Goose, Mm -hmm. right? And clearly D&D and Pathfinder. But he also does just like unique pieces as well. I think Mm -hmm. he gets inspired by RDCs online and then builds them and then comes up with these great poses as well. So I'm a big fan of this guy. Speaking on the unique, I believe there was like a Baba Yaga's taco truck in there somewhere and i 
absolutely love that one. Everyone should check out MZ4250. Tomorrow, we have another mailbag episode where three hosts answer 20 more questions about D&D and non-D&D related topics. Also tomorrow, Megan and Roman return with the next installment of their discussion about Legend of the Five Rings. And on Thursday, patrons of Copper Wormling tier and above will have access to the next Campaign Builder episode in which Terry and I go over how we select different creatures for different encounters. But for now, let's finally get back to Amethyst Dragons. All the other um, dragons that we've done, we're going to start with the Fizbin quotes, in which we get two for Amethyst Dragons. First one is, which came first, the gym or the dragon? Not a riddle, actually. It was the dragon. And the second is, I once sought life advice from an Amethyst Dragon who specialized in that sort of thing. I told her all my flaws and unwanted behaviors, and she prescribed the best elixir. Stop doing those things. I still think back on that visit in trying times. This is always scolding their child. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. So as a hatchling, Amethyst Dragon scales are a fairly dull purple. Like we've seen with the other gym dragons, their colors become more vibrant with age. They become this rich purple resembling the amethyst stones they are named for with translucent wings and seemingly shimmering white underside. Their pupils fade over time, so by the age of ancient, they are left with glowing white orbs as eyes. Looking at the picture, these dragons seem to have some definite power in their builds. They are thick with two Cs, and like the other gym dragons we've covered, they have floating amethyst horns and spines held by their telekinetic force that moved and shift with their moods. If you wanted to explore the multiverse in your campaign, Amethyst Dragons would be a great way to do so. They are really into the fact that there are multiple worlds in the material plane, and especially that each world has unique echoes of each dragon. They also spend a lot of time trying to understand the cosmic forces of the outer planes, trying to understand the opposing sides of good versus evil and chaos versus order so they can properly counsel others to accept this needed balance. However, they do have a deep hatred for the far realm and the corruption that comes with it. So should your party find themselves against an aberration, seeking out an amethyst dragon to help could be beneficial. There is one exception to this hatred, though, and that is flumps. Amethyst dragons love flumps, as they remind them that even in the darkest places, allies can still be found. And I love that for them. <laughs> I like how Casey just literally put a thumbs up on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, how did I even do that? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> we love a good flump. <laughs> yeah, we love a good flump. Thumbs up over here. That's adorable. <laughs> All right, so looking at creating an amethyst dragon, like all the other ones we have covered, we get these fun little tables um, in Fizbins. I've picked out a couple examples on each table. For personality traits, I have a, I see far more kaleidoscopic reality than you do, or than any of yourselves do, really. And what use is vast knowledge or insight if it is not shared with those who can appreciate it? 
For ideas, I have responsibility. Having knowledge and power gives one a responsibility to those who have less of either, and that's considered lawful. And then I have knowledge is power. Power must be used, and I use it. Your concerns are irrelevant, and that's considered evil. So I really like that these take the same idea of knowledge and sort of flip it where one is good and one is evil. So I think that's a fun way to like do two different like sides of the same coin sort of, you know, idea. Yeah, because Jacqueline Hyde is of the same mind and the same knowledge. One is evil, one is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so getting into their spell casting, these are all a one a day. For Wormling, we have protection from evil and good, tensors floating disc, and unseen serpent. This is one of the interesting ones where going from Wormling to Young, they switch spells. Not all of them do, but some of them do, and I don't really know why. Um, so at Young, we get Blink, Dispel Magic, Protection from Evil and Good, and Sending. At Adult, we're adding Control Water. And at Ancient, we're adding Freedom of Movement, Globe of Invulnerability, and Plane Shift. For Adventure Hooks, I have an Amethyst Dragon recruits a group of adventurers to physically trade bodies with adventurers from another world so that each can carry out certain tasks before swapping back. I think that would be like a fun little sort of one shot for your group to switch bodies with somebody else and be in a different world, you know, as a little break from your main campaign. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And an amethyst dragon wormling is the actually... temporally displaced form of an ancient amethyst dragon who already exists in the same timeline. So these guys get very like timey-wimey, (laughs) wibbly-wobbly sort of um, (laughs) with their stuff. You could play around with a lot of fun things between the multiverse and the timeline. Amethyst dragon's layers aren't necessarily in a specific region like other dragons. They are more concerned about the build of it than the location. Uh, Key components are caves, secluded bodies of water, at least one submerged entrance, open spaces, connecting tunnels, and dead ends. They are happiest if in a mountain and secret waterfall entrances are involved, but they aren't necessary. They like to use their flight and teleporting abilities to move through their layers. You will find amethyst crystals growing all around the layer, forming huge geodes split open to show off their contents. These crystals tend to glow with the dragon's presence and become a deeper purple the older the dragon gets. We are given a map of what this might look like with five features you may find. We are given two entrances to this layer, one in the cliff face and one secret submerged entrance the dragon uses to secretly enter or leave in emergencies. The main cave is a network of winding tunnels with smooth stone surfaces worn down from the years of water running through. The air could be damp and cool. Even though these layers are deep underground, they do have a faint glow to them. This is caused by the large amethyst crystals growing on the walls and ceilings that put off a 30-foot radius glow of dim light. I think my favorite feature is the two chimneys connecting the upper and lower levels of the layer. They seem pretty straightforward at first, but the dragon has warped them with its magic, creating a frustrating puzzle for your players. Moving upward in the chimney will actually bring you back to the lower levels, and moving down will bring you right back to the upper levels. If a creature or object is dropped into one of these chimneys, it will continue to free fall until an outside force is able to stop it. 
This magic vanishes within 1d10 days of the dragon's death, and that brings us to the upper levels, if we are lucky enough to figure out this puzzle. This is where the dragon is most likely to sleep. The dragon divides its hordes up between its sleeping chamber and a chamber on the far side of this area, and it will use its magic to appear to be sleeping on both hordes, giving intruders the impression there are two dragons here. I like to imagine that like something fell in one of those tunnels and the dragon died and it's just in free fall for days. (laughs) (laughs) Like even if you kill the dragon and you fall through this tunnel, like if it pushes you back and you fall through it, you're just free falling for days Mm -hmm. until the spell drops. Yeah. I I was like, what kind of Willy Wonka bullshit is this? Yeah. (laughs) But amazing. Amazing. Amazing Willy Wonka bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, have you guys... If you guys have watched Loki, like <laughs> where uh-huh. Loki ends up falling, <laughs> and mm-hmm. he's stuck in a plane and he's falling for 30 minutes and yeah. he gets yeah. back out and he's like, I have been falling for 30 minutes. <laughs> this is where that and comes so from. Thought of that. Yes. <laughs> All right, so looking at their layer actions, we have three of them. Uh, Beguiling whispers. The dragon telepathically whispers to one creature within range of its telepathy, which is 120 feet. The creature must make a wisdom save or be charmed until initiative count 20 on the next round. Once charmed, the creature obeys to the best of its abilities to commands that don't directly harm it. Imprisoning Force, the dragon casts the Force Cage spell using its spell save DC and using no components. The spell ends if the dragon uses this layer action again or dies. And Spatial Projection, the dragon chooses a space it can fit into within its layer. It exists in its own space and the chosen space simultaneously until initiative count 20. On the next round... Whenever it moves, it takes an action. It chooses which version of itself is moving or acting. If an effect or attack can target both of the dragon's spaces at the same time, the dragon is affected only once. So that one's sort of a lot, like, mechanically, but I think it's very cool that, like, if your party splits, it doesn't matter. It could show up in that spot and still be attacking both of them. I love that in the sense where, mm-hmm. like, your team will definitely split the party to do a thing. And uh-huh. it's like, okay, well, you're both fighting it still. So who yeah. cares? Like, yeah. it's like yeah. it's like the DM failsafe of, okay, fine, you want to split the party, but then you're just going to be fighting the same thing completely separately. Congratulations. Yep. yep. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And the, the first group that discovers it, if one of the members has, like, message or something, and it's like, oh, we found it, we found it. Okay, great. <laughs> it pops up in the other spot, and it's like, no, wait, we found it. Okay. <laughs> And it's very like, you don't know how many dragons are going to be in this place when you go there because it uses this magic to make you think there's more than it. But like, what if there is? What if it's a dragon couple? And then there's four dragons because they can both do this. <laughs> it's just infinite amount of dragons yeah, because they like also you... have like wormling bibbies and like, yeah. like oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that brings us to our regional effects. Um, They have a background check. Once per day, the dragon can cast the legend lore spell using no components, naming any person, place, or object within one mile of the lair as the spell's subject. Crystal just, profusion. Oh, sorry, I just, go ahead. I was going to say, I just, I, just, I just love that idea of being like, 
it would be boisterously full of itself too. Like it, it someone would be like, I'm looking for this item, and it'd be like, mm, it's right here. I found it. <laughs> I found it. And like, and I'd be like, how do you know that? None of your business. I just know that it's there. <laughs> I just know. <laughs> I just know things. <laughs> um, then we have crystal perfusion. Amethyst crystals and geodes form along muddy shores and lake beds within six miles. Thriving water life, fish and aquatic beasts reproduce rapidly and thrive in bodies of water within six miles of their lair. Foraging in these waters yields twice the usual amount of food. Watery site, water within six miles of the lair is a conduit for the dragon's psionic presence. As an action, the dragon can cast the clairvoyance spell with no components and target any body of water in the region. Aquatic life goes back to normal in 1d10 days of the dragon's death, and crystals and geodes grow at a now normal rate. I found it interesting with these. It says in their like description of their layer that they're not in any specific thing, but these are very specific to like water-based areas, like muddy shores and water like like aquatic life. So, like, the description says they could really be anywhere, but I think they really need to at least be somewhere with water. Like, they couldn't be mm-hmm. in a frozen tundra or anything like that. Yeah. It's like, because you, then you would almost, because you read it, because you're like, this would be a coastal dragon. I'm like, but would uh-huh. it actually be? But then, like, I was actually going to Google where amethysts grow. Yeah. And, like, I'm going to look it up right now. Okay. <laughs> but, like, yeah, it couldn't be a desert dragon, because then there's no water for, you know, six miles for them to use any of these traits. Yeah, you could. I, I All of the gems, though, and the crystals growing would be absolutely beautiful in a frozen tundra. They would. So that could be a hook where he they ally with something that can melt and make a pool for themselves and like mm. maintain a body of water nearby, despite it being a cold temperature or something. That is true. So amethysts grow where it is moist, obviously. Like that's kind of how crystals grow <laughs> to begin with. But like some specific places are like normally hot springs, like Texas or Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. like warm, like almost yeah. Yeah, I do imagine it more like not not ocean water, but like uh-huh. a fresh water pool or yeah. like you in know. A, like on a mountain's cliff or something like that, where there's like yeah. a bunch of hot springs that might be or what have you, and then like their layers within the caves, but like your your clue of where you're finding it is you're coming up to a bunch of muddy hot springs or something like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, like the other gym dragons, the favorite treasure of the amethyst dragons is amethyst. In any form. They aren't particularly interested in coins or gold, but they are interested in metal items with a silver finish. Other than gems and shiny silver things, these dragons love items that expand knowledge, especially knowledge of other realms and worlds. Books, tapestries, scrolls are all commonly found amongst these dragons' hordes. They are interested in unique art objects, possibly from one of these far-off places, and want magical items that help them get there. So anything with teleporting magic is going to be very intriguing to them. Due to the odd magic in Amethyst Dragon's lairs, it is possible for items to be in the hordes of the dragon and its echoes. We do get another uh, random table of art objects. And I've picked a life-size human skull carved from a single piece of crystal, including a hollow interior, and an etched 
crystal that projects a star map showing an unfamiliar star field and constellation when set on top of a light source. Cool. Yeah. So that's what we have for our uh, our base amethyst dragon. And now I've got some questions for you ladies if we want to uh, roll some dice. I've got an eight. Twelve. Six. All right. So before we jump into the mechanics, how do we feel about the lore surrounding these dragons? I like that they're almost like space dreamers and dwellers. They like the idea of traveling within, you know, wherever they can go, right? And to your point mm-hmm. of like wondering why they changed their spells, I was thinking that they probably changed them because when they're younger, their spells are very much around keeping themselves safe and alive. Mm-hmm. And then as they grow up, they're like, well, now I need spells that, I, that can take me further into, yeah. like further into the distance, further into different places, right? And mm-hmm. I think that that's something that's very interesting because normally when you have a an argument or trying to convince a dragon to do a thing, you convince it with treasures and things like that. But being able to convince a dragon of like travel or stories of a different plane is something that I feel is very interesting and unique to these ones. Yeah. 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 I like I like the different like the multiverse stuff. I like their treasure can be in both theirs and their echoes hordes at the same time. That would be really interesting to play around with, even if it's just like a projection of it. So if you think you've found it as a group and then you go to pick it up and it's not really there. Yeah. That would be in like, oh, sorry, that's actually in this realm over there. So you have to go (laughs) find a portal now. It'll be right in this spot, but you have to find a portal to get there. (laughs) Yeah, there's so many cool things to work with here. And I do like that you can... You can maybe focus on not treasure, but like you're seeking out a scroll that somebody like negotiated a trade with the this amethyst dragon, you know, uh, 200 years ago, and they have this scroll and that's the one that we need to find. Things mm-hmm. like that makes it a little bit more interesting than just a, an item, because then you have to find the scroll and then maybe decipher the scroll and then use the scroll in order to do, you know, your next thing. Yeah. All right. So we've and, talked a Oh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I just love all of like the trickery and mind fuckery that they can do. And it can be based out of good. They're just, mm-hmm. they're just silly and like wanting to just mess around with things. Yeah. Um, Or it could be on the evil side, too, depending on how you want to play it. But that's kind of fun, too. Yeah. We've talked a little bit about the spells. Do you like these spells? Do you think they fit the theme appropriately? I think that they do. I mean, to my point, as I said, I feel like they seem a little bit boring when you read them at first. Like, if I was to read the the mechanics and the spells at first without reading, like, the backstory behind this type of dragon, I'd be Mm -hmm. like, that's boring as fuck. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then when you read why, but then when you read like a little bit more of their lore, you find out that they're travelers, they're knowledge seekers. Like mm-hmm. it fits their, it fits what they need um, yeah. to be able to fulfill those needs as that type of dragon. And I think that's a good thing that they made that correlation. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, not all dragons need to be, you know, destructive and maniacal. They could just be, you know, out here to just be nice and pretty and thick. You know, sometimes <laughs> sometimes you just need to be thick and adorable and want to know things. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I they're living they the life. That's everybody's dream. <laughs> I just want to be thick and adorable. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the name of this episode. I just want to be thick and adorable. Yeah. <laughs> and they might use these to, um, like, if they discover something really interesting and they want to get in closer, but then they want a quick quick escape. Like, mm-hmm. you might not even know that they're they're going in and checking you out. 
But if you have, say, high, someone has high passive perception, you might glimpse them, but then they just can use a spell to get out. And that might be like the first glimpse that you might be dealing with a a dragon that has these kinds of spells as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think thematically they very well fit. You know, the control water makes sense because they have so much aquatic um, things surrounding them and can talk through the water, um, blink going in and out of different uh, veils and existences and stuff and plane shift and all. I think it all. It all adds in. It all comes together <laughs> in the end, you know? It all comes together. It all <laughs> makes sense. Okay. And how do we feel about the layer details and regional effects? I think they compile quite nicely together, like, to, to our earlier conversation about, like, where you would probably find one. And it does, like, mm-hmm. like, little ponds, lakes, like, water is required, but not necessarily, it doesn't have to be, like, a large body of water. And I think that's really neat. Like, I feel like I can imagine them, like, if you think of way crystals are are made, they're made, like, within the veins of rocks. So I almost feel like if you were to have like a cave or a layer of one of these, it would just have like little little pools and like shallow little water areas that are connected with little streams. So that way they can utilize their regional effects of like their water controlling capabilities. And I just think that's really neat. It's a different way to kind of like explore, right? Is like we don't use water a lot unless you're drowning in D&D. And yeah. so I thought that that's a really good additive piece. Um, and then just the fact that, you know, it, with their... <laughs> Sorry, I've got my like morning phlegm going on. <laughs> oh, um, um, the wildlife one. So the mm-hmm. fact that like it it breeds more wildlife, technically, like more aquatic wildlife in its area. So like mm-hmm. that, I think, is a really cool regional effect. Is that you will probably find a lot of fishing villages around where these are because you're going to find mm-hmm. more fish. You're going to find more of that wildlife around. And it's not detrimental to the area. It actually probably makes it more flourishing and more um, attuned to wanting to be there. And that might even be a hint that something bad has happened to the dragon, is that the fish starts to disappear. Or like, yeah. it's a ba- it's a bad fishing season. Why was it a bad fishing season? Oh, because we've been getting our fish from the fact that there's been a dragon that's been living there for years that's now gone for some reason. Right? Mm-hmm. So I just think that yeah. it's a really good thematic thing to utilize. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that too. Because many times when you recognize you are entering a dragon lair, most times there's maybe a potential sense of dread. <laughs> like, like <laughs> it's it's concerning. But uh-huh. in this scenario, it's probably magical. Like, you feel excited and, like, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. And, yeah, there might be communities that are thriving due to the the like layer details and the, and the things that it's contributing back to its environment which is kind of fun yeah i this is uh our final gym dragon so i've i've been on all the episodes for the regional effects it seems that they all have like one unique one and then the other ones are all fairly the same but with more flavor of the dragon itself so i like the the background check is different with this one and I think that really fits with their like need for knowledge and counseling and that sort of thing that they are into. Just being able to know things about anything that comes at, within a mile of them, I think, fits really well with these. The thriving water life we found in other ones, like I think it's the emerald, attracts giant squids specifically because yeah. that's their favorite <laughs> thing to eat. <laughs> How convenient that your one yeah. ability is to attract your favorite food. Right. I would- I would like to attract a lot of macaroni and cheese. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. 
please have all the cheese in my area, please. Thank you. We have um, to your point, like even like non-gem dragons, sometimes be like the trees in the area grow or uh-huh. like it's just more like life filled. And then, but then there's yeah. also the dragons that are like some of the chromatic ones will be like it's like detriment, like everything's yeah. dead, everything's whatever, right? Like they so I just like that this one's just like I like fish. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really like that about like they just specifically gather things that they want to eat. <laughs> like they yeah. don't care about it. Like that's the only reason that they do this is because they want more food. <laughs> and they're like, why are all these humans moving in? Like yeah. I don't understand. I and don't then understand. <laughs> they're yeah, taking and all as you get food. to like the the ad- like adult versions. I think they also, you know, they would seek you out when they when they learn that you're around because they were like, mm-hmm. oh, somebody's here and like would come <laughs> and you might have no idea that it's been tracking you and following you for a long time. And then, yes, you will encounter it in its like layer underground but it's like oh yeah like i know all of you guys' names i know like your abilities <laughs> and that's the thing if you come across like an amethyst dragon it clearly allowed you to get it close enough because it's like i don't see you as a threat uh-huh. yeah <laughs> because it's just like i knew you yeah, were there the not, whole fucking time <laughs> you're not sneaking up on these ad- like they know that you are coming yeah I think my favorite part of their layers, though, is the the chimneys that with the going up and down. Oh thing. my god! Like that could really fuck up a party. <laughs> that oh has my. Adam written all over it. Like, <laughs> like Adam would do that, and we would spend three fucking hours trying to figure it out. And finally, he would just be like, "Okay." <laughs> no, no. Eventually, one of us will be like, "I'm tired of this," and we'll fireball it until it ends. Um, yes. But I was also just thinking that now I imagine Amethyst dragons are also because they know everything is going around within their one mile radius or whatever and they know everyone's names backgrounds xyz this is their reality tv show uh-huh they find a layer where there is enough like human and or special activity happening where it is entertained and so then it's just like so it knows everything about you it's like oh my god you went on a date with kyle last week phenomenal <laughs> like i hear that it was terrible and by here i know it was terrible but i would love to hear your version of it like it's watching love is blind but it's like <laughs> oh my gosh. that's why it's so thick it's just eating popcorn and watching a show <laughs> eating, eating like it's homemade sushi and just hanging yeah. out just like watching it's this eat- reality tv it's eating popcorn shrimp just <laughs> oh i love it so cute okay so what do we think their eggs look like i mean we always say the same thing with these ones is that they're they're definitely like gemstone-esque you know Mm -hmm. what i mean but i would want these ones because amethysts are so like i love amethysts they're very pretty if i was it's my favorite stone i love a good amethyst but i would want them to be encased in amethyst like because they these ones grow in like large spikes so yeah. I would want it to be like encased in like a giant spike of these. And then you have to get through the amethyst to get to the actual egg itself. Yeah. So yeah, that's my theory anyways. I like that. I, I like the idea of because they're like treasures can be in different echoes, cages or like layers and stuff. The egg also like just sort of moving around the different echoes. Like they all sort of watch over it and can see it and protect it. Um at the same time i think that would be a really cool like you never really know where it is um but it's in all of them at the same time but yeah i mean they'd be purple and shiny and pretty and look like a like a geode they have a lot of geodes so like i think the outside would be sort of like that rocky like 
exterior and as it like grows and cracks and stuff you would see the the purple coming through yeah Yeah. I like that and I want to think like perhaps like when it's hatching how how gems kind of float around like the larger dragons maybe like the the spikes and gems that are stuck around it as it hatches they kind of just like float out a bit as it like hatches and then they kind of fall to the ground it's like a release of energy in the hatching yeah yeah that'd be cute yeah (laughs) i was thinking they would almost like crack and shatter and then you get a bunch of smaller like geos that end up in the water and then that's how you get that's where you find that's where all the humans and shit find all their amethysts and their little ponds and stuff like that is from the hatching of an egg yeah yeah so cute (laughs) all right and that brings us to wormlings which is me so we're gonna hear me talk a little bit more First, I've picked a couple of the things off of the creature connections. I really like the creature connection tables. I think they're a really like fun way to come up with backstory and history and even quest options for the dragons. So I have a half amethyst dragon cares for an amethyst dragon wormling sibling after the disappearance of their dragon parent. And a cloister of flumps protects an amethyst dragon wormling while feeding on the wormling's excess psionic energy. I like that we now know a group of flumps is a cloister. (laughs) (laughs) And I like the idea of just flump babysitters for a little dragon wormling. Oh my gosh. Uh, It's like the dragon that has nannies. (laughs) Uh Yeah, has little flump nannies. (laughs) So cute. All right, so looking at their stats, at this point, they are a medium dragon that is typically neutral, and they have a CR of four. They speak draconic and have telepathy of 120 feet. Their natural armor is 17 with about 75 hit points. They have 30 feet walking, 60 feet flying, and 30 feet swimming. Their lowest stat is dex with a plus zero. Then wisdom gets a plus one. And Constitution, Intelligence, and Charisma all have a plus three, and Strength is the highest with a plus four, which is pretty impressive for a Warbling. For saving throws, they get Dex, Con, Wisdom, and Charisma. For skills, they are proficient in Arcana, Perception, Persuasion, and Stealth. They have damage resistance to Force and Psychic, and Condition Immunities to Frightened and Prone. I'm guessing this is due to the strength of their thick build. They can't be knocked over. They have blind sight of 10 feet and dark vision of 120 feet. And they are amphibious and can breathe in water and air. For attacks, they have a bite, which is a plus 6 to hit and does 1d10 plus 4 piercing and 1d8 force damage. They also have their breath weapon that recharges on a 5 or 6 called Singularity Breath. The dragon creates a shining bead of gravitational force in its mouth, then releases the energy in a 15-foot cone. Each creature in the area must make a DC 13 strength save. On a fail, they take 5d8 force damage, and its speed becomes zero until the start of the dragon's next turn. On a success, the creature takes half damage, and its movement is not affected. So that's our wormling. I love that you mentioned that we love a good thick base. We love it. We love it. Nice and sturdy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. So let's roll for the next round of questions. 15. 8. 12. I feel like 
I keep rolling eights. I could be wrong, but <laughs> I didn't think I roll. I keep thinking like a oh, twelve is usually my regular number. Whereas mm-hmm. I was like, oh, nice solid fifteen. I'll take it. <laughs> you keep going first, Megan. I know. So, quest ideas. You got any? I mean, you have to use the flumps. Like you just do. (laughs) Like, and I feel like this is going to be like, I would love it to be like a little layer again. I'm imagining there's like a fishing town, X, Y, Z. And like, you have a bunch of dragons that live within this mountain. And like, they had like a big clutch. Like they had like many, many little babies. So there's little babies running around, lots of flumps running around. And then I just, your group will come across to flump or whatever. And like, it's just out there to protect its dragon babies. Right. <laughs> but it's lost its dragon baby. Yeah. And like, so now it's just like, I need you to help me find, cause like, she's going to kill me. If I don't, <laughs> if I don't find him, I'm going to die. I need you to help me. <laughs> so like, it's your quest to try and find this wormling dragon because it like went off and ran away from its nanny. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love, that was like basically my idea too. Like, I think that's just the best option <laughs> for for these. <laughs> yeah, you can't beat that. You can't. Like, <laughs> it's a classic story. It's super cute. And again, like players who haven't encountered dragons too much and see a dragon whirling, they might be like, oh shit. And then mm-hmm. it's like, oh wait, it's so cute. It's so cute. <laughs> yeah. But this one also doesn't um, speak common, I don't believe you said. Worm, yeah, wormlings typically do not. They speak draconic and have, the gem dragons have telepathy. Uh, but worm, most ac- across the board, wormlings do not have common yet. Right. So, yeah, it adds that barrier, too, of um, trying to corral a child that you uh, can't communicate with. Yeah. <laughs> It's sort of like if you meet a toddler that's not your toddler and they like, have their own way of communicating and only the mom knows what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> like the toddler will talk to you and you'll just look at the mom like, what they, what was that? <laughs> I do that all exactly. the time. <laughs> yeah, the mom can be like, they're saying this. <laughs> yeah. Or it's just even that older sibling thing where like the older like adult dragons or like young dragons will speak for the young ones because they're just mm-hmm. like... I get it. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that's the flump in this situation. Like yeah. <laughs> the flump nanny. And you're like, what was that? <laughs> Love it. All right. So role playing. How would you role play the wormlings? Uh I, like children. This not because they have nannies, I feel like they are rambunctious, full of energy, constantly looking for the next interesting thing. Like I just imagine them being all over the place. Right. Mm-hmm. Like not necessarily a calm dragon. I feel like they get their their laziness as they get older. You know what I mean? But as younglings, I feel like they're running around exploring and that's where they get their nature of wanting to be able to like see different places and see different planes is because as kids, they're all over the place. Like especially yeah. if they end up staying with like their adults or their ancient dragon mother who's traveling all the time. Like, I'm imagining this is parenting now in my head, where, like, you know, when you have a kid that, like, had, doesn't know how to sit still because they're constantly on the go, we have to go to yes. soccer practice, we have to do this, we have to do that, whereas, like, this mother dragon is like, I need to go to this plane, I need to go to this place, I need to do this one today, like, because they're constantly wanting to travel, these kids have no sense of stability and quiet at this age, uh-huh. so, like, <laughs> that's just how I imagine it, so if I was to roleplay one, it would have ADHD, like... <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel anyways. Yeah, I was really identifying with that vibe as you were describing it. So I can't confirm. 
Yeah. And I think they would also be um, like a little bit sneaky in that like they they like silver things. So they might like come up and like go up behind you and like open your pouch to try and like dig in and find something shiny. And you'd be like, mm-hmm. hey, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> and then scurry away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do think these will, they would be very curious they would be that curious kid definitely wanting to know everything because they do collect knowledge and things so they would have a million questions that you wouldn't be able to understand so you'd have to have the flump <laughs> translate it <laughs> yeah. or the one person who speaks draconic so, yeah. in your party will just be like oh my god because <laughs> <laughs> they have to answer every question yeah and every second question is yeah. why why but why why <laughs> But they also have telepathy of 120 feet. So you would just hear in your head all these questions. Yes. <laughs> like, like you can't even walk away because it's 120 <laughs> feet. <laughs> they're just asked, they're just shooting questions at you. Yeah. Where are you going? Why are you going there? What is this? <laughs> yeah. No, t- no, not waiting for any yeah. answers. Just yeah. like question after question. It's like, oh, who's that? Who's that with you? Who's that? <laughs> Which Where are Why? Going? Why? Why? Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> oh. All right. So, um, exploration and clues. Do we have any ideas for that? Uh, so I mean, for the wormlings, like I feel like they'd be like around in the smaller ponds in the kind of area. So, if you're going to probably come across a wormling, I feel like you're going to come across them like at the base of their their layer or their mountain, or they're going to go out into the hot springs or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like the idea that like, and this is not lore, but I think it's really cute. And the idea of it is that as they're growing older, like their scales have amethyst in them. And so like, as they're like schleffing off and getting older, like you'll, they'll like, there'll be trails of amethyst wherever they're going kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I like the idea that you just suddenly find random piles of amethyst. It's because that's where a young wormling had taken a nap, and, you know, <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> but you'll find that's it near horrible. a hot spring where it wants to stay warm. You'll find it like, just like, cause it's running around traveling, seeing what it can see. Right. So it, it would just be like a, a, a massacred trail of disaster wherever it goes like its toys are left everywhere like (laughs) didn't clean up after itself and like there's just this flump wandering around picking up rocks and putting them back where they were supposed to be like (laughs) stop making a mess (laughs) yeah like the biggest clue is just a very tired flump (laughs) yeah very tired flump (laughs) i don't want to do this anymore Or, like, they might even, like, try and mess with you, like, be up in a tree and be throwing, like, tiny little amethysts at you and, like, hitting you in the back of the head. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. All right. So what about combat? Do you think these would be combative at all or? I don't think so. Again, I feel like if if you're going to get close to one, it's because it doesn't see you as a threat. Mm-hmm. so i don't think it's gonna fight you right away yeah it, it, i feel like it would only fight if it was attacked and like because they they're like oh well i know you you're kevin from this reality tv series that i enjoy <laughs> so they're gonna want to play mom with was you watching that last night <laughs> yeah they're gonna want to play with you i feel like they would want to play with you though like they would want to be like come join me on my adventure and like mm-hmm. <laughs> i i just think they're really i just imagine them as cute children <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what about you, Casey? Do you think they'd? Yeah, I think if if they if you encountered them and it started even to seem threatening, like say it's like, oh, maybe we're gonna try and kidnap you or something, 
it would maybe use one of its one of its abilities to distract or be like, look over here. And then it would just blink away or like, like get away. And then yeah. it would just disappear and you would not be able to find it. And that would be the extent of it using any of its abilities, like yeah. in combat, I would say. Yeah. I mean, at this one, they have protection from evil and good, tensors, floating disc and unseen servant, which also unseen servant would be like the backup nanny. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. When the flump needs a break. Um, yeah, so they would essentially like dash away. <laughs> yeah. Disengage and leave. <laughs> well, with that, they do have um, their breath attack does give you zero speed. So I do think if they did come into combat, they would just shoot that at you. And it's 5d8 force damage. That's a lot at mm-hmm. at this level. Like, yeah. it's a CR of four. That's, that's a big hit. But I think it would just try to stop you from moving so it could get away. Mm-hmm. And it has, what, 60 feet of flying? So it could stop you and get out of there very quickly. And this is one that would go back to mom and say, this bitch attacked me. And then yeah. be like, <laughs> and the mom's going to be like, yeah. I saw the whole thing. Yes, I know what <laughs> happened. And it was your fault. <laughs> Leave the humans alone. That's what happens when you throw amethysts at their heads. <laughs> And what did we learn? <laughs> so cute. That, that is very true. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all we've got for Wormlings. So who has Young? Me. We can all move right. on to Let's Young. Take us away. So the Young Amethyst Dragons are going to appear in more like when you're in levels 5 to 10. They are a CR 9. This is when they may be venturing more out to find their own layer so you might find them more wandering maybe the layer might be really small because they're just trying to establish a space for themselves you know just flee the first flight from the nest afar (laughs) (laughs) the connections in the book here are so cute i wanted (laughs) i want to list them all the one okay we'll stick with two so the first one (laughs) is a Myconid community dwells in tunnels near a young amethyst dragon's lair and its members telepathically commune with the dragon and any visitors in the lair from time to time. So it's that same kind of thing where it's like there's a mini community like living um, like with the amethyst dragons and mm-hmm. Myconids are so cute as well. So <laughs> I thought that was cute. Mm-hmm. Another one is a young amethyst dragon and a cloud giant regularly host each other to play strategy games. <laughs> That's pretty cute. Uh, so yeah. they're they're playing like D and D, but like <laughs> like like humans and houses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thought that was cute. And of course, plugs for giants. Mm-hmm. Got to do it. <laughs> That's fair. I usually pick anything that says gnome in it just because it has a gnome. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so, if we get into the stats, young amethyst dragons are large in size. Their AC is 18. So, that's a slight bump from 17 as a wormling. The hit point average is 168. So, this is markedly higher than a wormling. Mm-hmm. Um, speed. Is 40 feet, fly speed 80 feet, and swim speed 40 feet. 
so they they can get around and like we talked about they will see you before you see them because they could be swimming or flying (laughs) or hovering Mm -hmm. stats are well above average with the highest being con and strength at plus five intelligence and charisma at plus four and the lowest is dex at plus one and wisdom is in the middle there at plus two Uh, Saving throws are uh, pretty decent. Con is a plus nine. Um, They also have dex, wisdom, and charisma is pretty high for saving throws. Skills, arcana is plus 12. So tracks with them searching and seeking information and intelligence. Perception plus 10, persuasion plus eight, and stealth plus five. So that speaks to, I think, again, that kind of sneaking in, getting a closer look in like getting intel on what's around. Mm-hmm. They can do it pretty easily. We see the same damage resistances and condition immunities as the wormling. Uh, blind sight is further to 30 feet and they still have the dark vision of 120 feet. Notable passive perception of 20. So yeah, you're not sneaking up on them. Uh, Here is where they do have common as language, along with draconic and telepathy of 120 feet. They are amphibious, as Peps mentioned, Um, and actions. This is where multi-attack begins. So the young amethyst dragon can make one bite attack and two claw attacks on its turn. It has a plus nine to hit. The bite has a 10-foot reach and 2d10 plus 5 piercing damage plus 1d8 force damage. The claw attack has a 5-foot reach and does 1d8 plus 5 slashing damage. So a bit of a bump from the Wormling as expected for total potential damage on that. Uh, Its breath weapon also has a recharge of 5 to 6 and has a bigger radius. So it's The gravitational force is a 30-foot cone this time, so double. And force damage is, like, one of the hardest to defend against, in my opinion, including, like, for many monsters. So I really like that this this uh, dragon is more force-based because it's Mm -hmm. kind of that, that tough one. So it bodes to... Being on its side, it would be a great ally if you did have to fight, uh, because that force damage can hurt a lot of other monsters, let alone your party. In that breath weapon, the DC is up to 17 for a strength save, or take 8d8 force damage, and then your speed is 0 until the start of the dragon's next turn. On a successful save, you only take half damage. Uh, We covered the spell casting abilities. They use intelligence and the DC is 16 on that. So they are pretty bumped up from the Wormling. Could be potentially more dangerous if you're up against them, but a pretty phenomenal ally if you have them with with you and you're in an encounter where they're going to fight for you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's roll again. Some more questions. 18. Six. Oh my god, Charlie Dice is low today, too. <laughs> Damn it, Charlie Dice. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty, Megan, though. <laughs> Megan, you're first again. How far for me? You're winning this episode. I'm I winning think. D&D. <laughs> <laughs> it's always nice when I'm not like asking myself questions. That's fair. Somebody else goes first. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. So for the young, do you have a different quest idea? I like that it's not clones. Kind of. The only thing, <laughs> the only thing that I would add is like now because like when they were young, like the uh, the wormlings, they're with their flump figuring out their life. I feel like because as a young dragon, they're starting to build their own layer. That if you were to come across one, it's basically again, it's just starting out. It's like it's like it's got one box of items in its little layer, and it's like trying to figure out its you know how it's going to look and things like that. So it's a little bit chaotic, but they're starting to organize their own space. They've got like their emo posters up in the corner. They've got, you know what I mean? Like they, they're building their own bedroom for the first time and they're super proud of it. Yeah. So I feel like if you were going to come across one and have a, like, like have a quest to have one or come across one, um, they're going to be really proud of the space that they're making. And like that just leads into the role-playing aspect and how I would role-play this one is that they're getting very proud of what they're building. And like very boisterous about it and being like, they want you to come see their lair. Because again, they're not combative in my mind. They're very much like, I want to have an economic relationship with the things that are around me. So as a young dragon, as it's building, it's also starting to build relationships with you. So it's going to have conversations with you. Because I think they they get common at this point, right? As young? Or are they still? Yeah. Yep. So they can communicate with you now. And they're not as like hyperactive and ADHD-esque. Like they're going to be able to have that conversation. And this might be the young dragon that you helped find when it was a flump, when it ran away from its flump. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, and it, and it sends you a telepic method being like, come see my new lair. <laughs> it's all mine. <laughs> Let's come hang out. We'll play games. Yeah. We'll play some, we'll play some humans and whatever. <laughs> But yeah, that's my theory. It's not I'll say like a, an in-depth quest of any kind, but that's how I would play it if you found one. <laughs> I think for a quest at this point, they would be learning more about the different the multiverse and the different realms and that. I think they would want to go see those things themselves, but not necessarily know how to. So they would be looking for that magical item, that information. And how to get there. So especially if you're in a campaign that you've been to different realms and that. And it would sort of know that based on just it knowing things and gathering information. It could possibly get that information and like want to ask you all the questions. And how do you get there? And can you show me? So it would be sort of taking this dragon with you to explore the different realms and finding it. Because it knows it would know it has echoes, I think, at this point. So it would want to experience that. Yeah. And it might be looking for its first like epic horde piece as well. Mm-hmm. So it might be like seeking out. It's like, what you got? What's going uh-huh. on here? And kind of like <laughs> wandering around finding like the perfect piece to start its own horde. And so that could be like a cool spin too. And I also think it won't necessarily be that far from the like parents lair you know it's like they're they're skirting out but like if shit goes down it's like ah (laughs) like like they can go and fish out of mom's um pond you know (laughs) if if food gets scarce it's like ah I'm not doing very well on this pond population so I'm just gonna go home and have dinner (laughs) I'm gonna bring my laundry home to mom's house yeah Yeah. I just just, and they moved away to college but still need to go back to do laundry and get a home-cooked meal (laughs) yeah oh man so it's also like in the same vein as the worm and like don't don't do anything too bad because mama might come after you this will be in the same it's like oh like real don't fuck around with it too much because you might still have mama coming after you yeah, yeah. 
I like I, I like to branch off of your thought, Casey, about the fact that they are looking for their first hoard piece. I feel like they're going to try and complete a piece of their mom's collection. Like maybe Ooh. the mom's been collecting some very specific like um, artifacts of a very specific group of adventurers, and there's like one artifact left that she never really got. And so their 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 first quest is to go mm-hmm. and find this one item, but it's the same item your group is after. Mm-hmm. Like oh your group boy. of and so like yeah. the the competition now is who can get it first, and then if you get it first, you're probably gonna have to fight this dragon who's now like, well, no, I, I want this item for my mom's hoard. Like, fuck <laughs> off. Like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I just had a, like a branched off idea of mine. Um, if it did find how to get to one of the other realms, but then got stuck there, and it, like it has to seek you out to get back to its home. Yeah, yeah. it's like I know how to travel, but this. not well. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It's like I fucked it up. My first day. <laughs> <laughs> you just find this like lost young dragon, and you have to help it back home. I flew too close to the sun, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Megan, you had already talked about some role-playing aspects. Do you have yep. anything to add to that? Not really. I think uh, that it is that they're like they are wanting to learn. So I feel like yeah. to our point where when they were kids with ADHD, they were asking a lot of questions, but you didn't you couldn't understand what they were asking you. Mm-hmm. As a young adult, they can now basically ask those questions, but they're more constructed. They're more like they're legitimately wanting to know about you, where you come from, what you're mm-hmm. after, what your goals are. If mostly in terms of like, can you help me do what I need to do? Not necessarily in a, I am interested in you as a person, but like I have my own life goals, but I want to know what you know so that I can try and find what I need to find. So it's going to be very inquisitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It would have the questions, but not as annoyingly as the wordling. Exactly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> They'd be more strategic and thought out questions, at least a little bit. Um, Do you think they would be like that teenager that thinks they have it figured out, but doesn't? (laughs) Like, (laughs) like they think they think they know things, but it's not accurate. Every time you every time you answer its question, it's like, oh, I knew that. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I think that's that's another way you could go with them is like that teenager that is sure that they know and like you know yeah i know (laughs) i know i know i know i got it i got it (laughs) yeah like you come across them doing something so bizarre and then it's like why why are you doing it this way is this isn't this what you want and they're like oh yeah i left it there Uh (laughs) unbridled confidence yeah i totally meant to do that (laughs) it's supposed to be there don't you put it there that's where i always put it (laughs) All right. What do we have any new exploration or clue ideas for the young? To our point of speaking about these ones would have hordes is like Mm -hmm. you would come across a horde, but it would not be like the size of a proper dragon's horde. Mm -hmm. It would just be like the starting of the collection. Um, So if you're wandering through a cave or you're at the hot springs or what have you, you're going to find like a not very well hidden small little horde. Yeah. Because just because like it doesn't know any better. It doesn't know that people are going to be after its stuff just yet, you know? So it's not going to be as like secretive. It's not going to be as like hidden and deep, deep in the caves. I think it's going to be more at the edge outskirts of a cave. So their hoard will be easier to find. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that would be a good explorative clue to be like, why is all this stuff here? Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and like your normal adventure party would be like, well, if this was a dragon's hoard. I feel like it would be one, be larger and two, be further into the cave. But it's just sitting here in the middle of nowhere. And then the young dragon's just like, what's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> 
What, what, it, of, it? what of it? <laughs> it's on display. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's just oh like my, my son's room. Like, what? Well, it's clean. It's not clean. <laughs> not clean. Let me show you all the items that are need to be put all away. All the items. <laughs> just literally everything you own. <laughs> yeah. This must look unlived in. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, it could be as far as like the the beautiful pond is, you know, embossed in gems and that is actually all its layer is. And mm-hmm. then over like under a under a tree or under a leaf, I imagine like you know how dogs go and bury something and they spend so much time like pushing imaginary dirt over top of like their precious toy or their treat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the, you see like the dragon swimming in the pond and it's got nice gems and stuff that it's building and then there's like just this tiny pile over in the corner on the shore and there's like one leaf on top of it that's trying to like you know mask <laughs> yeah, that it's there but it's like <laughs> that's your horde like it's right there I can see right it there. but good try <laughs> I would almost, I think, give them a sort of wild magic table of their own. I think at this point, they're getting some more of that magic that they have, that like time fuckery and um, displacement of items and things, but they can't quite control it yet at young. Um, So like the chimneys that the, you know, is the puzzle and you go up if you go down and that kind of thing. I think they're kind of figuring that out, but not really. So there would just be a lot of like random things and spells that don't go quite right because they're still figuring it out. Um, So you you would just walk into like weird things Mm -hmm. that are supposed to do one thing, but do something completely different. It's supposed to do that. (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, yeah, that's what I meant. (laughs) I meant meant to do that. It worked perfectly. (laughs) In fact, the, like when they're in a, like an adult or dra- ancient dragon, and their layer has that fucking tubular thing that if you fall forever in, that uh-huh. was actually a mistake made by a, a young dragon, and he <laughs> yeah. just left it there. I just went with that. They're like, "This is amazing! <laughs> what a fun thing I've created!" And the mom's just like, "That's fucking stupid!" And it's just like, "It's amazing! It's amazing!" <laughs> Look, and it just drops a rock in it and it just falls forever. Like you just see, like they're just experimenting. So you just see something falling forever and you're like, what is happening over there? (laughs) Like, that's a good clue, though, that something larger of that aspect is going to come up, right? That you just see like a a a rock rotating in one circular motion or whatever. Like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So combat with the young. Do you think they're going to be more combative or... I think they will be a little bit more combative, but more in a way of showing off. The fact that their breath weapon is what it is, the fact that they can change shape and all these I like added aspects. Well, can they change shape at young or is that not until adult? Um, not yet. Not yet, yeah. So <clears throat> but yeah, because they now have like their their breath weapon mixed in with a couple of extra spells, they're not gonna be combative in such a way that like they're they wanna hurt you, that they're gonna wanna mm-hmm. show off. Yeah. Like that I can do these things. Cause at the end of the day, when you look at an amethyst dragon, they're not they're not combative. They're, they they want to be political. They want to make a good economy. I've said that many, many times. But like, so as a young, they're probably just gonna be like, let me show you what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> but, but if they, they are... use the if they use their breath weapon, it's pretty frightening for a young yeah. dragon, I think. Like it's a good mm-hmm. weapon. <clears throat> they are considered the most powerful of the gym dragons. So in dragon stats, these are on par with the red and the gold. Yeah. So 
I think they're not necessarily combative, but if you did get into combat with them, like if you rolled up and started some shit, like they would stand their ground. You're fucked. Um, yeah. They're not going to necessarily start it themselves, but they will protect their their own. Um, and it's not going to go great for you. <laughs> I do love, and I didn't mention this in uh, the wormling, but I love the idea of the bead of gravitational force forming in their mouths. I like that visual of it. Because so so many times with the breath weapons, we think of like fire shooting out and, and it just coming, you know, and this creating that bead that you can see forming first, I think is a very cool visual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I have much to add. Those are all great. <laughs> <laughs> you did great, guys. You did great. You yeah. did great. Yeah, so don't mess with them is basically. (laughs) If you're nice to them, they'll be nice to you. Yeah. 100%. (laughs) All right. So that brings us to adults. Is that you again, Casey? That is me again. Yeah. And I think the very same thing. It's like this, this is beefed up in abilities and be on their side. (laughs) So the adult dragon is huge in size and has AC of 19. So we're bumping up a little more. The HP average is 229. So if you're going to be in combat with it, it's going to take a while. You got to have a lot of shit up your sleeve to try and like make it concerned about its life. The speed is stays the same at 40 feet, fly speed 80 feet, swim speed 40 feet. Stat block is well above average. Um, strength and con are now peaking at plus seven. Uh, intelligence and charisma not far behind at plus five. And dex again is the lowest at plus two. Again, we see the same saving throw and skills as the young dragon stat, just a smidge higher. The con saving throw is now at plus 12, and the arcana skill checks have a plus 15. So again, they're just, they're going to seek out that info. They're going to be like intelligent, and they're also going to be strong. That that base, then thighs, <laughs> like their constitution's high. Same damage resistances and condition immunities. Uh, blind sight, though, is extended again out to 60 feet now. Dark vision, 120 feet. Passive perception is now at 23. Languages, common, draconic, and telepathy at 120 feet. And we're into legendary resistances with three per day. So that's always the fun add-on. As actions, they have the multi-attack. It's a plus 12 to hit now. With the bite attack, it's a bit worse with a slightly higher modifier of 2d10 plus 7 piercing and still the 2d8 force damage, which is, uh, or not still, the force damage is now doubled at 2d8 from the the young dragon. The claw attack is just a smidge worse with a higher modifier for 1d8 plus 7 slashing damage, but the adult dragon has 10 foot reach with its claws now. So that will be a multi-attack with bite and two claw attacks at 10 foot reach. So that's a bit bit more concerning. The singularity breath weapon, the gravitational force energy is released in a 60 foot cone now with a DC 20 strength save or take 10 D8 force damage and speed is, is dropped to zero until the start of the dragon's next turn. So that is, that is harsh. 
but we're dealing with a higher CR. Yeah. Uh, like your casters aren't making that. No, definitely with it being not. A, with it being a strength save, like maybe your fighters. In, yeah. Your, your, you know, your tanks are, but yeah. anybody in the back and 60 foot, like they're going to hit the people in the back. And Absolutely. Yeah. This is a CR 16 now mm-hmm. we're into. And spell casting, as Peps mentioned, the add-on is control water here, which makes a lot of sense. They do have bonus actions now. Change shape. Adult dragon can transform into any small or medium creature, and it keeps its own stat blocks, just the size changes. So (laughs) that's interesting. They also have psychic step. Uh, adult dragon can teleport to an unoccupied space within 60 feet as a bonus action legendary actions they have three per round they can do a claw attack they can use psionics which uses two of those legendary actions but they can use psychic step or they can cast a spell as a legendary action Um, and then they have explosive crystal so this will use all three of their legendary actions but the adult dragon can spit an amethyst gem as essentially like a meteor. It can hit a point within 60 feet and each creature within 20 foot radius of the impact point must make a DC 20 dex save or take 3d8 force damage and be knocked prone. Nothing happens if you succeed. So fun gem meteor is a fun little ability (laughs) that pops up yeah like it it adds into my egg theory in that they explode from amethysts yeah it does (laughs) case in point oh and i did want to mention some connections uh which i glazed over at the start these are also really cute in the book for one Clusters of Shriekers serve as a warning system in the tunnels of an adult amethyst dragon's lair. So again, just using those little creatures that can just like happily cohabitate in your lair and serve a purpose. (laughs) Uh, And then another one that was really cool was in terms of moving into an option where there is maybe some combat or conflict. An adult amethyst dragon is at war with a beholder that has moved into the dragon's domain. So it fuck you, beholder. Oh yeah, fuck beholders. (laughs) But (laughs) just to put a spin on, like there, there can be some conflict in the throes Mm -hmm. of of gem dragon as well. Yes. Well, and it does say in the lore they do hate aberrations. So anything from the far realm is going to be it's going to get their attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Is that all you got? For That's all I got. Yeah. All right. Let's roll again. 16. Nine. Five. Oh, Come on, no, Charlie. Casey. <laughs> <laughs> Casey, I want to send you some dice just every time. <laughs> You're like the lowest rolls. <laughs> I know. I always pick just like a couple D20. Like today I have two. But, uh-huh. And then I leave everything else out of arm's reach. And so I think I need to bring my horde. Yeah. And just then all so the I dice. can just swap them in every time. New dice every roll. A roll of different dice every single one of them. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm asking myself, quest ideas for adults. Do you guys ever have one and then lose it? <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Before the question gets asked, like, what year is it? 
what was I just thinking? Oh, that's what it was. Okay, so they do is uh, the quote from Fisben, and in their lore, they are sort of good mediators. They see the whole spectrum of things. So if you have an issue, they are something that you could go to to help solve. They're diplomatic. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I think either like if there's ever tension in your party, which they're usually at some point comes to be because somebody is an edgelord and has some secret they're keeping from everybody. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. That doesn't sound like anybody's adventure group I've ever heard of. What a new idea. idea. There's always, there's always that point where there's a conflict in your party. And I think that either they know that is coming because they have seen it in the different worlds and echoes and things like that, or using their spells because at this point we do get the layer actions we get the regional effects yeah so they can use their legend lore and stuff so if you're just in their area and they sense this like they could call you to them and say let's lay it all out like let's (laughs) let's get it here or if your party is having this issue it would be a good way for the dm to send you to this to resolve that Mm -hmm. like you get an invitation or you're told by a townsperson that hears you bickering, like you should go see this dragon to figure this out. Like a mediator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that would be a fun quest, especially if you come up with that in your party where you have that tension to go to this and have like group therapy. <laughs> yeah. Again, I love the idea that it's been watching you like you're like some kind of live, live, yeah. like comedy show, basically. And uh-huh. it's just like, I can't have Kevin and Kyle fighting anymore. I just need yeah. them to get along. It's ruining <laughs> the show. <laughs> we do all get to that point with reality TV where you're just screaming at them. Like, why are you being this way? Yeah. Why are you being <laughs> such a jerk? Yeah. You are wrong. <laughs> so I think that would be a good a good way to introduce these. <laughs> it just sends a horde of flumps your way. Yeah. Like... <laughs> and, and collects you to bring you back. <laughs> yeah. You fall asleep one morning and you wake up with being dragged dragged across the ground by a flump Uh (laughs) just like what (laughs) what's happening we need to resolve this now (laughs) we need to figure this out Um, for me, for, yeah, like to your point, I feel like the regional effects, because they start to take place, these are the ones that are going to start, these adult dragons are the ones that are going to start building the economy around it, right? Like, mm-hmm. wherever they've decided to start building their lair, all the fish are going to start to arrive, which means that there's going to be more regular life coming in, towns are going to be start being built, so it's going to start making those economic connections, right? So I feel like if you walk into a town, it's because a town is scared of this dragon that just appeared, and you're tasked to go and kill this adult dragon. But when you get there, the adult dragon's like, no, I want to make an account. Like, and then that, that becomes the combatant of like the classic, do we kill the dragon because it's Dungeons and Dragons? Or do we talk about it and make an economic circle of people, right? It gives your mm-hmm. players that conflict, right? Because this dragon legitimately is like, no, I wouldn't mind having the fishing, like the fishing village here because I kind of need it. Because it'd be really cool if we made like a, an agreement where I'll keep the land safe if you just bring me the fish because I'm lazy and want to watch my shows and my stories, <laughs> right? But again, it, it's that conflict, right? You go to a village, the village is like, there's this dragon here. Like we want it. We, there's a lot of fish. We want to live here forever. But there's this dragon here we need to get rid of. And like, let's say your party goes and gets rid of the dragon. All of a sudden, all the fish disappear. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, what happened, right? So it's like that cause and effect of what your party is doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I would absolutely use like the, the chain shape. So it could potentially live in a community as a, a human or other like small or medium creature and, you know, get the vibe of the area. Be like, like sit at the bar. I'd be like, so what do you think about dragons? <laughs> I'm imagining that meme that's like, hello, fellow students. <laughs> it's just an old man. <laughs> right? And it could do that for years. Oh, and yeah. then just like, you know, keep its lair in secret and then be like, is this the space? Is this where? It- yeah. Okay. Let's, let's build something here. But if it's like, no, it's like, okay, moving on next village. It wants to hear <laughs> like what the that. townspeople are saying about it. So it yeah. goes in every once in a while just to get the goss. Yeah. <laughs> this town is not the vibe. I'm going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> Vibes are off. Vibes are off. <laughs> Yeah. And then there's that whole fun thing about, um, you know, being an NPC that your party befriends and you are on the road with it for a while. Maybe you are seeking out the Amethyst Dragon and you come across an NPC on the road and it is the dragon and it just like entertains itself while it watches you figure out how the hell to find this Amethyst Dragon. And it's just like, hee hee. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's the Amethyst Dragon trying to figure out if it's like defenses are good enough, you know? Like to see if it's like, like tricks. Yeah, it's like hmm. <laughs> yeah, or like and you it starts like there's hints of its lair and your party misses them and they're just like shit. <laughs> like need to be fat up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they All solve right. they solve the puzzle in like one minute and then the dragon's like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So role-playing with the adults versus the young, how would we change that up? Which I'm asking myself. (laughs) I think at this point, they would definitely be more sure of themselves. They would be, like I said, they would have the knowledge at this point of all the different lands and the good versus evil. And they would have that understanding of like the full picture. These are very full picture. So they're going to see things that your party's not going to see, you know, they're going to have that information of, I know that this guy did that thing, but it was for a good reason. And they're going to, you know, explain that to your party. So you don't go off the rails and just murder hobo everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Because you do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I, um, yeah. And I do like that, that they would be in like a human form or something. And I would probably give them like, purple eyes or something like that as like just a little hint but i think that they would very much come up to you and like low-key solve your problems <laughs> yeah like have you tried talking to them you know yeah. like you just <laughs> that was like such like normal advice you know yes <laughs> and it is very straightforward advice according to fizzben like well stop doing that <laughs> yeah i don't understand why we're doing this then yeah like, just talk just talk about it stuff like but no i did you ask (laughs) did you ask him if that was going to be okay did you try the doorknob okay well maybe try that first did you turn it off and then turn it back on again they're your it guy (laughs) absolutely no but i love that like it wants you to find the answer yourself like Mm -hmm. it knows it knows how to fix the problem but it's like i still want you to figure it out for yourself i think it's the way these ones would communicate it because it's like it knows that's the only way that you're gonna learn and it's just like you could do it this way 
But I agree. <laughs> they're more diplomatic in that sense yeah. where they're just like, they'll have the the full on conversation with you. And they would probably go into human form so that you aren't scared of it or thinking that like it's it's above you in any way, shape or form because it legitimately just wants to have a one for one conversation with you. It'll get on your level. It's not mm-hmm. as full and high on, high on its horse as it would be when it's a young one. This one is just more like, no, like I can get on your level. We'll have a legitimate one on one conversation about what will work and what won't work. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you could use the um, telepathy as well. Like say it is an NPC that's going along with you, like in the middle of the night, the cleric gets a voice in its head (laughs) and it's just like the amethyst dragon over there pretending to sleep. But (laughs) it causes like a big, like massive concern in the morning. It's like, guys, I heard this voice and it told us to go this way and seek out this thing. <laughs> it had to be Lathander talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, for exploration and clues, we get the regional effects at this point. So I think those are going to be your biggest exploit. You're going to see more amethyst growing. You're going to see the um, water life expanding. Um, I think those will be your your biggest ones. I don't think the amethysts are necessarily going to be hiding the fact that they're there like some of the other dragons do. So I think it would be pretty easy to discover that they're in the area. Yeah. I also think that like every time they fire off one of their like um, exploding amethysts or whatever, there's just going to mm-hmm. be like random pots of where these exploding amethysts have hit like just when it's out hunting or something like that so if you're walking through the forest or whatever land you're in you're going to see see these random puffs of amethyst yeah Yeah. or like divots in the ground where it hit and exploded yeah and one of the towns collects them to sell them right Mm -hmm. so like you're going to be in a town where suddenly like they sell a lot of amethyst and it's like there's a port (laughs) that sends all the amethyst out into the world or the empire or whatever Mm -hmm. right? right so it's it's the clues are going to be there that there is an amethyst dragon here, 100%. Because it doesn't care. Yeah. It's going to be like, if you want to take my gems and sell them, awesome. You're keeping me safe. Mm-hmm. Don't care. Like, I have better treasures. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Combat for the adults. Now, none of the gemstones or the gem dragons have tail attacks like your chromatics and your metallics do. I think with this one specifically being force damage and having that like beefy tail that they have, I would give this one a tail attack. I would just add that in. Like it just makes sense that they would, why would you have that thick of a tail if you're not going to use it? And I feel like it would use its back legs to claw at you. Cause it's like using mm-hmm. it's like giant tree trunk legs to fucking boot you in the face. You know what yeah. I mean? Like <laughs> Like standing behind a horse and getting kicked, like one hundred percent, kind of like poof. <laughs> you go behind the dragon thinking that you're kind of safe because you're like, oh, it doesn't have a tail attack, and all of a sudden just yeah. fucking back horse kicks you in the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't do squats for nothing, bitches. <laughs> yeah, and the tail attack could be like partially force damage and partially like piercing because it's covered mm-hmm. in these like shard pointy gems yeah yeah or just like yeah, i like, it. I'll allow like it. getting hit with a baseball bat you know like that yeah. thing is it's hefty <laughs> i was gonna say bludgeoning but yeah i know these are the ones you don't want to fight just don't fight them you know don't fight them. if you're gonna fight because to your point like they're up with red golds like you're we're getting up there and just the like the mm-hmm. scariness of fighting one of these things it's a cr16 like you don't want to fight one of them like you don't yeah. 
you're going to want to be diplomatic. And if it does get into a combat, it, this one isn't going to run. This one will use its ability to stop you from moving and then step on your face and be like, okay, yeah. cool. If you don't want to work with me, then I don't want you to be alive. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like they just don't have time for it. I, I don't have time for this shit. <laughs> All right. Agreed. Now, cool. Ancient. And that is Megan, correct? Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. So as always, ancients are going to be, of course, the extra beefed up. But the thing, as I always like to reiterate with these ones, is that as we get into it, the ancients, these ones are going to be the most diplomatic. So they're going to be the ones creating their economy um, as they're welcoming and like other living beings. And they prefer that political conversation um, over war and fighting. Like they're going to have a conversation with you to not have to fight. Like it's going to protect its economy to the best it can without destroying the land it's created. I feel like it's going to be very proud of its land and its area and mm-hmm. it's going to keep it safe. So if you're going to come in and rock up with a, I'm going to take over this castle, it's going to be like, but are you? <laughs> and it's going to rock up to court as a human, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, no, <laughs> sit down, sir. <laughs> yeah. It will absolutely be on the council. Yeah. yeah. It's the, the council. <laughs> Megan loves a good council. We've learned. <laughs> All right. But when we get into the stats, of these ones, so their AC is 20, of course, with their natural armor and a whopping average of almost 500 hit points. Their walking speed stays 40, their fly 80, and their swim 40. Uh, their highest stats are in strength and int and con at a whopping plus 8, so a huge increase from its previous, and then goes down in order from uh, charisma, wisdom, and then coming in last, their decks. But everything, of course, stays above average and gets beefed up from being an adult. Their arcana, perception, persuasion, and stealth go up immensely from being an adult as well, obviously. Um, including their passive perception, which also goes up to 28 as a oh, passive. <laughs> uh, this causes them to jump up to a CR of 23. From what we were speaking of, they were once a CR 16 as an adult. They are now a 23, which is quite frightening. They remain, of course, amphibious, um, as well as maintain their legendary resistances. For attacks, their bite, claw, and singularity breath and spellcasting DC all increase. They get more spells to add to the list as well. We now add that freedom of movement and plane shift. We kind of talked about at the beginning of the episode. So those are the two that you get added to when you become an ancient, uh, which I think fits, obviously, because they're gonna. this is now when they can, they know where they're going. They're going to be traveling a lot, right? And I think that bodes to the appreciation of they want their economy to work because they're going to be leaving their lair, mm-hmm. right? And they don't want to leave the lair unguarded or unkempt or in a state where they might come back to it and it'll have been taken over. But that's like a good thing to bring into as well. If there's conflict, this is when the beholder will probably come in is when this ancient dragon is off on a plane adventure, right? Their chain shape and uh, psychic step bonus actions basically remain the same as well as their legendary actions do carry over. The only additive is that their explosive crystal DC increases to 23 and the damage is increased to 4d8 instead of 3. So it's it's pretty deadly because no one is going to save that spell DC unless you are like a high tiered party. And it's yeah. only going to be you're like your your strongest barbarians, your strongest monks, like what, what your build would have to be built to withstand this. And yeah. no one is going to be smart enough to do that. So, yeah. yeah. And again, yeah, like maybe your monk, <laughs> maybe, maybe your monk. a rogue, maybe a rogue, a rogue could maybe. <laughs> well, I'm yeah, with their benefits and additives and like whatever background you took, you would have yeah, to build yeah, yeah. it to get those extra, yeah, extra dice and extra rolls. Right. Because they would have what evasion definitely at that point too. Yeah, the exactly. And the rogues yeah. that they could get past that. But you would need if they, that. Special. If they happened. Yeah. If they happened to save. Yeah. 
but uh but that's pretty much them so all right so let's roll one last time come on 11 12 12 <gasps> roll, roll off, off. <laughs> 15 three <laughs> nice all right so for quests with ancients did you do creature connections real quick? I didn't find any that were that I felt were specific. So if you have some, pop okay. off, my guy. You know what? That is, I have found a theme with the, when you get to ancient and the creature connections, they're all very just generic. Like I think all, all of the dragons I have found, you get like all these super fun ones and then you get to ancient and they're just like, meh. <laughs> yeah. <there's> like, <laughs> but I think that like bows the fact that once you're an ancient dragon, they tend to think that you're standalone. And yeah. like the connections that you have will carry over, I yeah. think is the theory. Like all of the creatures that you have within your layer are still going to be there. They're not going to leave. The flumps are still taking care of your babies. Like, yeah. so it's kind of, there's not a lot of whole like to add once you get to ancient because it's created yeah. its world. Like, so that's my theory around that anyways. All right. Okay. So quest for the ancient. Um, I would definitely go into the multiverse at this point. They have all this knowledge they know all these things they know all their echoes they probably have met them seen them at this point i would use the multiverse when you get to ancient whether it's if you get into like the great worms where they start like absorbing or killing off their echoes i think i don't know that these would do that because they enjoy knowing their echoes but I think that they would see it happening with another type of dragon and all of them would need your help to defeat that. So it doesn't happen because that's too powerful and, you know, too much. And it destroys the balance in all of the multiverses to have not those echoes in place. Mm. So I would use that. That's really cool. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. I think these are something you may seek out and you may have to go through portals and go on a long search to find them because they have a very specific like scroll or ledger that you need to find and you have to follow paper trails and you f find a lot of false leads you find a lot of echoes um you have to find hordes that are don't have the right like information but you are you are in the right place just the wrong one um and lots of fuckery that way because that's how they would be setting it up and then they absolutely would not be in the same like plane that their horde is they would be somewhere else so you have to find them first then potentially solve really complicated puzzles to figure out where their layer is because they will just be setting it up that way it's like, mm -hmm. oh, you want that? Okay. If you can do this, have at her. <laughs> Love that. Mm -hmm. I I like the idea that like it's hunkered down at this point because like it's now an ancient dragon. It's well-traveled. It's traveled. It's lived a life. And now it's hunkering down to start having its bibbies and like building <laughs> its economy that way and then sending those ones off to fly. But they're now well infiltrated into the towns that are around them. And they they have a whole the whole fucking kingdom to themselves. They they take like the form of a human or whatever species they're infiltrated into. And now they're the head of my court. Mm -hmm. So they're the one that does all the rulings. They're the judge. They're like the, the judge jury and like eck, the whole thing of this whole economy. And so if you rock up to this town to do a thing, you have to gain presence with this thing so that they can determine whether or not you are worthy of being within their town. And mm -hmm. it knows you arrived. 
So your traveling party arrives and then it sends its lackeys out to go and get you because it's like, no, you need to be judged to see if you are worthy of being here. And then you get a presence with this this court like magistrate or what have you. And you have this like huge like political conversation with it for to determine whether you're allowed to be there or not. So then you determine, then you start doing the research and learning about this thing and you find out that it might be an ancient dragon, but technically it's an echo because the actual any ancient dragon is still off traveling, mm-hmm. but it left this behind to keep its economy going mm-hmm. so that it won't come home to tragedy. So that's why the judge and this, this version of this echo is basically like, well, no, you, you don't belong here. Get out. Like we keep this land safe from people like you and X, Y, Z, right? Mm-hmm. So that that would be my like thing. I would love it that you're you're dealing with the echo of it keeping its old layer safe while it's off doing its thing. Yeah, yeah. very cool. Okay. All right, was that everybody's quest? Yes, yes, yes. All yes. right, so role playing for the ancient level. I think at this point they would just be very straight to the point. They mm-hmm. do not have time to explain anymore. You know, they just, they don't care to, they're not going to put it into nice words. They're just going to be blunt. And why are you doing that thing? Stop doing that thing. Yeah. They're old and (laughs) tired. Yeah. yeah. They're like, I don't have the patience to explain this to you. You should already know. (laughs) I tried to let you figure it out yourself. I Uh tried to cancel you softly. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not doing it anymore. (laughs) I'm not doing it. Stop doing that thing. That's just... They're just over it, uh, which they will still give you counseling and, you know, guidance and stuff, but they're just going to be very, like, blunt about it. Yeah, and 100%. Take it or leave it. This is what you need to do. I don't care if you don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. And I do like the, I like the role-playing aspect that you talked about, Megan, where it's, like, the be-all, end-all of this, like, kingdom now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you, this could be an aspect where a DM could do some world building and create a whole world. And it could be like a little taste of that instead of, you know, a a massive picture. And so that could be fun where it's like, what kind of like village and farming and all of that would an amethyst dragon create and build all of that off? And then what would its character be and personality be to the villagers or to whoever? That would be really fun. Yeah, no. I agree. I think it would be very blunt, very straightforward, to the point. Mm-hmm. No fuss, no muss. If you're being an idiot, it's gonna be like, get out of my town. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like stop being an idiot. You're yeah. wrong. Don't have time for <laughs> I your don't shit. have time to explain to you why you're wrong, but you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. If you can't figure it out, that's a you problem. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just stop. Yeah. All right, so exploration and clues at ancient, I think it would be very similar to adult, just more. You know, their regional Mm. effects have been in place for so long. You're going to find any, if you come up onto a shore, like there's going to be geodes just like everywhere of, Mm -hmm. you know, amethyst. And they do have that like clairvoyant spell and talking through water. So even if you don't know that they're there, they could still like, see through the water and talk to you and they have the telepathy and i would use the telepathy through the water you know if you're if you're within that 120 foot of the water like you hear a voice you know saying whatever like you're going the wrong way why are you doing that (laughs) (laughs) so i think i mean they would be very easy to not necessarily their layers because they do have hidden you know layers and their entrances and stuff i think that would be hard to get into and find but I think knowing that they're somewhere in the area would be pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not hiding yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And they like, I think like we talked about where like there could be lots of other races and creatures that are just like in an agreement to do things for the dragon. And those creatures might have like little symbols or like amethyst necklaces or something like it's like we look after you know this pond and make sure that the fish are happy and then it's like we guard this one secret entrance and this is what we do and so they would have lots of like it would be like minions but they're happily doing that for the dragon as well so they like a a whole whack of workers to keep all of this going and maybe each one that is indirect like employment we'll say for the dragon has like a little symbol that indicates that Mm -hmm. they're part of um the cohort with this amethyst dragon so if you notice that it's like wait like that's not the symbol of the village what is that you know we love a good cult they all have like a background reason onto why like what is why do you follow this dragon? Oh, they saved my marriage. Yeah, we had this big <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we had this big fight and they figured it out for us. <laughs> we would have divorced a long time ago, but here yeah. we are today. Yeah. Happy. <laughs> no. And I love the idea that like the church of this dragon, like if it's still staying within its lair and it's not like infiltrated into the world, and my vision of it being a, a court and a human XYZ. The church they would have would just be a pool of water that like leads into like the mountain that it lives in so that if it wants, so people want to go talk to the dragon and like be able to have a moment with it to get advice, you just go and stand in this pool of water and then it knows to communicate and it'll telepathy like water communicate with you and like have a conversation if it deems you worthy of solving your problem for you. And that's how it can Mm -hmm. stay in its layer and stay thick and just lay around and talk to people through the water. And that's how it helps its village from a distance, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just staying thick. Staying thick. <laughs> All right. So for combat for the ancient, don't do it again like their stats are so beefed up you're just you're just not gonna win you know (laughs) there's no point and like if you're fighting an ancient dragon you're fighting its whole economy yeah you're fighting and this one has it's not just like it's not slaves or servants that don't want to be there no like everybody that is there is because they enjoy this dragon and want to be there and serve it willingly. So, like, they're going to go to bat. You're not going to be able to, like, start a war within their minions or anything like that. They're they're not going to turn their backs on the dragon. So you have all of those to get through first. Um, And then this guy, which is just so beefy (laughs) it's what 444 hit points as a as an average that's that's quite a lot so i mean i would definitely play with they have so many things with the the multi-attack with uh their spells at this point they can do all of those spells and get one a day on all of them yeah um their breath weapons went up to a 90 foot cone with a 23 strength it's built to stop your movement and run it is yeah it is and then murder you you and I I picture it stopping you and then just dropping you in the chimney. So the next turn, you're just falling and you can't stop falling unless somebody comes and gets you out. Yeah. Like it's and just it's... stopping you one by one and dropping you in there. And the dragon's like, I'll get you out if you stop being an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, well, probably most ancient dragons are just really fun for the DM to play. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Like this one, I really do not see where you would be in combat against it. But if you, there, there is that angle of it being an ally and you would see the, the whole breadth of its abilities as an ally. So you see it on its turn, like shoot some moats and like totally fuck up what you're trying to fight with it. And mm-hmm. that's where you would enjoy its combat abilities which is the much better scenario, but you would still get to see the full like suite of what it can do because they're so cool. But yeah, there's just rare opportunities where there is even a point to trying to go into combat with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you always have that murder hobo group that's going to run in and, you know, hit first and ask later to survive. So there's always that chance that you have that. Or if you have like an evil party, you know, that, just wants to loot the the crystals and and that kind of stuff or gain its knowledge and it doesn't want to share. Mm-hmm. But I don't recommend it. <laughs> yep, just don't do it. Just I just you can. Yeah, but don't unless you guys want to yeah. start a new campaign with a whole new set of characters. <laughs> Highly not yeah. recommended. Yeah. All right, that wraps up this episode. So let's cut to our last ad break. If you've been inspired by the conversation in this episode, please feel free to reach out and share your creativity and ideas with us and the rest of the community. You can reach us on Facebook and Instagram or on our subreddit at r slash it's a mimic. Also, if you're feeling particularly generous, please follow and subscribe and leave us positive reviews, likes, and comments. Engagement like that helps us pop up on search engines and keep this show running. All right, team. Any final thoughts on these dragons? Are they your favorites? Are they your least favorites? How do we feel about Amethyst dragons? Because it's the last of the gem dragons. This is wrapping it up, Peps. It is. It is. Of the gem dragons, it's not my favorite. Yeah. And I find that with the top tier of all of the dragons. Red dragons are not my favorite. Gold dragons are not my favorite. I'm not the biggest fan of just being beefy to be beefy. (laughs) Okay, but she's thick. Okay. But she's thick. She's thick. <laughs> um, I do enjoy as that was my thoughts going into this prep when I just saw the stats and you know knowing they were compared to red and and gold. But I do like some of their allure to them. I do like the sort of chaos of their magic and the the like sleeping on two hordes and the making they're, you know, echoes to be over here and over there. I like that trickery. I like that sort of chaos that brings to combat and encounters. So I do enjoy that part of them. And I, I enjoy that they're thick. I do. But I would definitely, like I said, give them a tail attack. I think of all the gems, these ones deserve it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. No, but I enjoy these ones. I think they're awesome. I think they're really cool. I think there's a lot of aspects you can use to your point. You can use trickery if it wants to trick with you. It can be straightforward and blunt with you if it wants to be straightforward and blunt with you. It can kick you out of its town if it wants to. Like it's and like it, to, our, to our point earlier, there's no reason why you would fight one. Like mm-hmm. it's very hard to find a reason to fight one unless mm-hmm. you are a murder hobo and an asshole yeah. and playing an evil game. <laughs> unless you just want to fuck around and find out. You know? Yeah, or just run. <laughs> you're fuck gonna around, find, find out. out. <laughs> you're gonna find out <laughs> one way or another way. You're gonna find out. But that's what I like about them is that uh-huh. we're so used to like reading dragons and being like, ah, oh, this is what I would do to get get into battle with one. I would not uh-huh. battle one of these. I would want to be a part <laughs> of its economy. I'd be like, yeah. yes, let me be the hand of the queen. This thick thick queen i will do it 
Yeah, and that's enjoyable. And how we talked about like the evolution from the wormling to the ancient dragon, where yeah, they want to have their own space and the, and like they'll make it hard to actually get in once they're at the ancient level. But then there's lots of this like playing around with kind of a a happy in a happy community, like <laughs> yeah, where mm-hmm. where you might not see that much with other wormlings and stuff but it's like you might encounter them just like having a fun swim in the pool and you can interact with them and you know nothing bad's gonna happen yeah I could see the whole community like protecting the wormling you know they all have eyes on it because they know that the mom you know so well that they all have eyes on the wormling just jumping around causing chaos give the flump a break every once in a while yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that poor flump So that's all for our discussion on Amethyst Dragons. Make sure that you subscribe or follow and check back regularly to see what inspirations and insights we'll have for you in the future. Next week, we'll be sniffing around more martial character builds to get a taste for more feats. I'm sure it'll knock your socks off. Thank you for listening to another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast. If you'd like to support us, we have a donate button on our website, www.itsamimic.com a store with some It's a Mimic merch, and a Patreon. This episode and others can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and most other podcast apps. Thanks again for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're going to get. This has been an It's a Mimic production. Please check the show notes for this episode to see links, time codes, and credits. And don't forget to reach out and share your own inspirations. Your hair is amazing. <laughs> Thank you. It's at that age, it's at that stage where I don't know what to do with it because I definitely look like mm-hmm. Lord Farquaad if I do nothing with it. <laughs> as much knowledge as an amethyst dragon whore. <laughs> when can I ever get through one straight? <laughs> it's, it's a classic Casey morning. Classic Casey you know, morning. I like that you just stopped at whore. <laughs> <laughs> like an amethyst whore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to soundbite that one. (laughs) I love a good amethyst dragon whore. (laughs) There there are some pretty funny ones. Mia and I were laughing laughing about them before. Um, The first one that I liked, can you see this? Yes. Yeah, this is the beer holder. It's not a beer holder. holder. It's a beer holder. And it is a beholder with the sideways ball cap on. Yeah. And every one of the tentacle stalks has got a different foaming beer mug in its hands. And it's got this big shit eating grin. It looks like a bro. It looks like a frat boy mm-hmm. dude, bro. Yeah, that is that's a, the frat beholder for sure. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time I see it. And it's one of the things that he keeps like I, I ran across it on his like his Twitter and his his Instagram and um like there's I, I was I was laughing pretty hard about that. But let me click around a bit. I found his Patreon first, um, and there are, like, he's got five different levels of membership for it, um, but, like, it's just the second one that gets you literally all of his shit, and mm-hmm. everything else beyond that is just, like, extra bonus if you like my stuff. Thanks for helping me out. But look at this freaking dragon in the banner Yeah, there. that's awesome. And yeah. all the Patreon levels are dragon-named, which I enjoy. This one, 
This is uh, Zugtmoy, who's the the um, like demon lord of uh, fungi and shit. Mm-hmm. This looks like it's directly um, designed off of the Mordenkainen's like splash page. Yeah, it looks so cool. The detail, the level of especially the like the skirt down the front yeah, there yeah yeah the like mushrooms growing down it oh my god it's absolutely wild and now this is like he's got patrons that are printing the stuff off and painting it because he just does the free stl files and that's what we're talking about today but a lot of these these prints and the paint jobs are amazing there's so much detail going on here and you don't normally get that on like free stls you find online this yeah is very for sure generic and cartoony um i'm gonna start clicking around on this stuff Pat. you tell me when to, to yeah. stop because <laughs> i'm i'm blown away by it all i like this one. Oh, that but... one's funny that that's a megan one for sure <laughs> oh, this is the three kobolds in the parka from yeah. uh, iceland dale um but it's like it's weirdly cute as well which yeah <laughs> Oh, just their faces poking out of it. Yeah, we need and to get I that like one I like the, the toes <laughs> and the tail sticking yeah. out the bottom as well. <laughs> um, but again, the, like the level of detail on it is fine. Like, yeah. Um, let's like get the into fur a couple on of... the coat and trim and that kind of stuff. It's yeah, to Here we go, Peps. <laughs> what do you... this is? I believe um, a dragon from Tome of Beasts. Okay, which is one of the biggest. Are you familiar with Tome of Beasts? I don't think so. Tome of Beasts is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, uh, and most popular bestiary um, that's uh, like from a third-party uh, okay. publisher. So um, there's Tome of Beasts. I think they got up to Tome of Beasts 3. We've had requests for us to cover those as well, but I don't know if it's covered in the OGL, so we never do. But like, um, there are some incredibly interesting monsters in there. And again, I would love to just go out and buy that and use it in my own game, but I'll never get minis for them, so I never bother because I like to do the whole completionist thing. Uh-huh. This guy makes the minis for them too, right? Like, this is the Flame Dragon from Tome of Beasts, and there are a bunch of different dragons in there that I'm like, well, Peps is going to, we'll never see that again. He's going to quit the podcast to paint these. <laughs> Um, <laughs> then we get the the Hydra Goose, <laughs> which is a four-legged goose with five heads. Oh, that's terrifying. I've actually seen this. this is <laughs> that's a, a terrifying thought, <laughs> a goose coming at you with five heads. Could you imagine this is a Canadian goose? <laughs> um, this is actually a meme online, right? And I think you can mm-hmm. find a stat block for this. Um, but like we're gonna run into there's another one he does later, um, that's kind of similar, but I think it's hilarious. Uh, he also did I found a picture of a bunch of demons, yeah, including um bigger dretches than the models that we get um in the uh actual like whiz kids or sorry, not the whiz kids, but the the wizards, yeah, the wizards packs that we get. So <laughs> yeah, 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 um there's uh a closet, there's an imp in a top hat. Um, I love the top hat. <laughs> that was my first like looking at this picture. I love the top hat one. <laughs> I'm all about the abyssal ma and the abyssal chicken. And these are yeah. things that I really, really want to drop three or four of these down on a table and terrorize my players with them. But I can never, like you get them in the random pull, you get one, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not going to go spend $900 trying to find four abyssal wretches, right? Yeah. So the fact that these 3D models are free, if I had a 3D printer... My God, it would be going 24-7. Um, here we go. This is what I wanted to show you. Big-ass Cthulhu model. Ooh. So this is on his My Mini Factory yeah. um, 
again, he's under MZ4250. Um, I'm going to put a link um, in the show notes for people, um, but uh, specifically for the My Mini Factory one, because it's got a lot of his stuff displayed here. But he's got everything from Cthulhu to, uh, it says Tiamat, totally not a bunch of wormlings and a, <laughs> and a trench coat. And a trench coat. Uh, it's got the False Hydra Mini as well, but then uh-huh. it looks like he went on like a holiday theme here for a minute. Yeah, you know, evil Easter bunny and the I actually ran a, I ran a Christmas themed game where the Easter bunny was the BBEG, so that would have been absolutely perfect. I like this. It is the bacon moose. A that bacon moose. Me as a Canadian. <laughs> but look at those look at those mimics. The gazebo mimic, the tombstone yeah. mimic. Like, there's some great shit in here. Yeah, even just a group of melted candles, like that stuff that's hard to find, but makes like so much ambience you know to your absolutely if you're making a shrine or something like that look at the look at the detail the wax melting yeah right like this is not just i love me a good hero forge mini these seem to be higher quality stls just they're Mm -hmm. not as rounded over and what look at this the pile of skulls and the summoning circle that you can drop down that's incredible i'd love to have it i mean i'm not wild about having a pentagram in the middle of my my table but like but there's it's some... covered in candles too which i imagine have that same like melted oh yeah to you, it. you gotta think like th- these things are huge zombies coming out of the ground all those hands reaching up you print mm-hmm. off you know a couple you know six or eight of these you can cover a map with the, like that's that's really cool traps and those dinosaurs and cobalt artillery crew what is that four cobalts with a cannon yeah, that uh, looks oh like God. they've got look, goblins tied up. <laughs> tied up goblins. <laughs> the the thought, the creativity. I love they have the tricorner hats on all of the. Yeah. Oh fuck, it's so good. Do you think they're putting the goblins in the cannon to shoot out? Oh my god! Well, they are now. <laughs> they are now. Um, I don't see so any I cannonballs. I just see goblins. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like, there's uh, also the candle golem is pretty fun. Like, there's a lot of really cool shit on here, um, including the Sky Swimmer from uh, from Ravnica. This thing is a gargantuan thing, and it, it says in the description here, here's a large and freaky-looking Sky Monster from Ravnica. I split it up to make life a little easier for printing, although those spikes are still going to be a pain. Uh, full files are in the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica folder, which means he is systematically working through the books, right? Yeah. And this is not a creature you're ever going to get a mini for. And it's amazing because this thing is a huge, nasty, like, worm that flies through the sky. Yeah. Oh, the, those spikes are crazy. They and are. Then, <laughs> and then here's Did you here's see the in point. the corner of that, there is a little gelatinous wizard, a gelatinous cube wizard? Yeah, it's a gelatinous cube with the... He's adorable. He is, uh. Yes, he is. I saw a really cool... Hold on, where was it? I saw a really cool plasmoid. So that's... uh. Hold on, where'd he go? But like we have Death Giants, uh, which he's already ahead of the book on that. There's your gelatinous cube wizard. Um, let me, I don't want to take up a whole bunch of time here scrolling, but like I found there we go. Plasmoid. Yeah, there's Explorer. A, plasmoid. a plasmoid with a backpack on and stuff. Like <laughs> and you're not gonna find this in any <laughs> other mini pack. There are a couple of really funny ones in here. He also has one which is like a um I'm trying to find there you go. There's the the chicken the legs. The yeah, <laughs> the taco truck. But like there's that. an entire spell jammer ship. Yeah. Right? There's oh there's so much good stuff in here. Nothing. And different variations. I've seen like like a female druid with like different it was an Azimar with like different wing variations too. So you can make it a little bit more unique to your character. Yeah, which is that's what we're looking for is the customizability yeah, see, in a lot of this stuff. Uh, there we go. 
Look, yeah, I love that one. Their leaves. Holy shit, that's so cool. Which is great for a druid. That makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. So creative and interesting. I keep wanting to click on the, all the buttons on the screen, but it's not my screen. <laughs> oh, oops. Hold on. <laughs> Why are you still here? Leave already.